Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Luke 24, I'm going to take it from 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled, I'm sure. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while it was still, while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Verse 44. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms. And he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Wow. Read verse 45. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. In verse 46, he told them, this is what is written. And Christ will suffer and he'll rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance or forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city till you've been clothed with power from on high. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Holy Spirit, have your way. Beyond ink and pen, beyond notes that we would take. We pray that you would come by your own finger and write on the fleshly tablets of our heart that we would never be the same after tonight because the world needs breakthrough. The world needs what we have and we are your method to bring it to the nations, to bring you to the nations. So thank you that you've chosen us as weak and feeble as we are. You have chosen us to be your witnesses. I pray during the course of this service that people would be quickened and touched, that burdens would be released, and that because of this service, the effects would be far-reaching to eternity in our own individual lives, but far beyond in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Anybody remember that 7.1 earthquake we had? I don't, I can't, they said 7.1 or 7.2. I don't know what it was. I just remember it was the biggest earthquake I've personally ever been in. The immediate response that I had, I was actually on the phone with one of our board members and we were discussing uh, the steel, the size of the steel of the building. And he was saying, you know, that steel is so much bigger 
than, uh, than the steel I see in so many other buildings. And I said, yeah, that's because it's a superstructure. It's designed to take a 9.0. It is literally designed to take a 9.0. There is so much steel and concrete so deep in the earth. It is, I, I don't know how many footers. I, I see Mitch over there. I want to say 84, 86. It's a lot. It's 86, I think, footers. I mean, it's massive. And so it wasn't entirely constructed. And how many of you know you don't want to have an earthquake until it's done being built? <laughs> it, I'm convinced it was an assignment from the enemy to bend our steel and cause problems for us. Not, not, unlike, the, not unlike the storm in January that we had, designed to put, push us back three months, maybe more. And that earthquake hit, I was talking to that board member, and there was a shaking, and I... I said, you know, it's because we have earthquakes. And we started having an earthquake. Daniel was in his room or the bathroom, I think, across the hall or somewhere, somewhere in the house. He had been reading the, about the rapture. <laughs> it was God's honest truth. He'd been reading about the rapture. And when it started shaking, he's like, Jesus! He just thought he's going <laughs> to... Thought that was it. So I'm talking to this board member. I had him on speakerphone. And I said, it's because we have earthquake. That thing's designed to have a 9.0. It's, you know, in fact, we're, we're having one right now. And it went from a regular little shaker to a, a big shaker. And when that happened, I broke out in some unknown language, roaring in my prayer language. And I left him on speakerphone. He heard the whole thing. And he was not in Alaska at the time. And so I... I just kept praying. I had my phone in one hand and I had the intercessory Holy Ghost chop in the other. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you got an intercessory chop? You gotta watch out for that thing. Kill stuff with that. So I'm, I'm standing on my stairs, roaring, these tongues just roaring. And I come down into my living room and the whole thing's shaking and Karen's like, get up table. I'm like, <laughs> and it paused for a second. I thought that, that, that was a big one. That, that was big. And then we got another one right after that. And I still prayed in tongues, but I got under the table, <laughs> created the triangle of life or whatever we did. I don't know. And when it stopped shaking, I, the, my immediate thought was, I mean, everybody's okay in my house. My house is still there. And I thought, oh, the building. We jumped in and raced to the building. I'll never forget coming over the hill of Seward Meridian going, come on, come on, come on, God, come on. I didn't know if I was going to see a twisted mess because it wasn't together, wasn't ready for that. No, we didn't see a twisted mess. We saw a structure that was not moved, not really and a lot of scared construction workers. <laughs> there were people underneath, it was under, I, I could show you the place if you looked above the ceiling and the place in the, in the concrete where the concrete was chipped from the um, floor joist. Do we call it floor joist? It's something like that. It's whatever holds up the floor of the second floor, all right? It goes over your head. I'm not building the building. I've just got the vision for it. Amen. Those things were about to be welded and they all, they popped off and began to drop all around the welders and the construction guys ran for their lives. One person told me, well, just close your eyes and ran. Steel coming around them. You just close your eyes and run. 
and it bounced everywhere, fell around our pipes, didn't break one pipe, but chipped the floor. And when I got there, they, the men were so thankful. I think one brother said to me, he saved me again. He saved me again. Jesus saved me again. I'm like, amen. Yes, he did. And we we kind of got in a huddle and circle and we prayed and they all went off to go to their homes and uh, raced home to take care of their homes and their, their, you know, broken pipes and different things like that. And we lost power. Do you remember the power had gone out? When the power goes out, it's a difficult thing. Our building is off the grid. And so we have our own power supply. But when you lose power, man, it's a, it's a difficult thing. Earthquakes can cause you to lose power. There's all kinds of things that cause you to lose power. I want to talk to you about being clothed. In fact, I've entitled it, Get Clothed. Everybody say, Get Clothed. Get clothed. This text is so profound because we see the risen Savior meeting with his disciples. And he's got this glorified body and he... He just shows up. You know, a glorified body is not like the one that you have or that I have. Glorified body. I mean, I don't really understand it, but I mean, I guess you can move through stuff. God's power. He comes and he, he gives him this prophetic promise that is fulfilled in the book of Acts. And as we're in this series called Come Holy Spirit. I'm going to take a moment to talk to you about being clothed with power. There is a power that's far greater than any earthquake, far greater than electricity, far greater than wind power, far greater than nuclear power. The power of God is greater than all of that. How do you know? Let there be light. Now you have it. We still have it. That's, that's pretty intense. One day heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain, will endure forever. All of this is going to melt away and will be a new heaven and a new earth. God's power will produce that. And we've been given the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, said the apostle Paul. Come on, somebody say, I've got the same power. Do you actually, though, that's my question. Do you? I made you say it. I kind of tricked you. Do you really have it? Do, do you really? God wants to clothe us, and we read about it here. And, there, you know, there's so many people in Christendom that don't even believe that God has power. Do I want to talk about that? It's the power to change the world. It's the power to change your family. It's the power to change your life. It's the power to change our nation. If you, did not, if you were not here Sunday morning, I know perhaps you go to another church, you're visiting with us tonight, and I'm glad you are. Uh, you'll want to go back and watch the stream from Sunday morning, YouTube, Facebook, it'll be on Spotify. It's a 23-minute prophetic word, a vision, really, from Prophet Jim LaFoon. What I loved about his, the way that he is, is he's so matter-of-fact and uh, humble. He truly is a humble man. And there's no, there's no glitz, there's no there's no shimmer, there's no shine, there's no show. He's more like a plow horse instead of a show horse. There's a lot of show horses. Do you know what I'm talking about? And the prophetic and in, and in Christianity, there's a lot of show horses. We don't ever want to be that. We want to be more like a plow horse. And we want to elevate God. And he's, he's, he's the one that wants to show off, really. And he chooses donkeys. So when he can use you, then, you know, you just give, give praise that he used you. But he uses a donkey, he can use anybody. I mean, can you imagine being God trying to get, trying, trying to use us? And then when he uses us, we're like, and then I shut up and I let hands and, and whoo, 
I think God showed up through you. You're just a mailman. So we, as, as Pastor Tim says, we humbly rock. We're seated in Christ with heavenly places. But because we have this treasure in earthen vessels, you know, we, we should walk humbly. And Prophet Jim LaFoon is, is truly a humble man. I remember when he came in years ago to one of the prophetic conferences. He's been coming, I think, 25 or 24 straight in a row. He comes in. It was late. His flight got delayed. I remember him coming in from the side. And his shirt was the most wrinkled. It looked like, I mean, it looked like it was on the bottom of the hamper. Do we still use hampers here in Alaska? Okay. And, uh, and his jacket was jacked and his collar was all up. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> he just doesn't care. So if somebody's not there to sort of help him a little bit, you know, he just doesn't even think about that. He's, he's thinking about other things. And he shares this word about Jesus walking across America and beginning to weep. And, he's pr- and then in this vision, he had a visitation from the Lord. And in this vision, he cries out. You can hear the whole thing. It's online. He cries out and he says, Father, one more time. Father, one more time. Well, what does that look like? What does a one more time look like? Amen. I've thought about that. I've thought about different revival meetings that I've been in. They're far more than really just a three-day. We call them revivals, three-day meetings, a week of meetings. They're great. They're powerful. But usually after that, that the, the, the fervency of people's passion and zeal for the Lord wanes. And, you know, you've got to plan another one so people can get back on fire. And Am I preaching okay in here? You guys are right. When you look at outpourings in Pensacola and you look at the Toronto Blessing, uh, how many of you know what the Toronto Blessing was? He referenced an outpouring, a a revival that took place in Canada. That's what he was talking about. You you, you think about how God's poured out his spirit in different times and across our country. What did that look like? What it looked like is people turning from sin. What it looked like is people getting right with God and a hunger and a desperation. And, and when there's real revival and real awakening, it changes the whole culture. And so he, he said that Jesus is saying, one more time, Father, one more time. And the, and the Father said from heaven, one more time. He agreed, you know, one more time. And it so stirred me. It's a very heavy word. 23 minutes. Go listen to it. We're going to have an outpouring, and it very possibly is, a, is one more time. And I love what he said. He said, we, so many are looking for his end time return, and I am. Anybody else? You should. You should encourage each other. The Bible says that. Encourage one another. They say, he's coming. He's coming again. And if you fix your heart and you fix your life and you live like he's coming at any moment and plan like he's not coming in your lifetime, you won't miss these moments of outpouring that are taking place. And I truly believe that God is doing something here that is far beyond anything any one of us knows. He's releasing his power upon the young and the old. He's pouring out upon the generations. He wants to clothe you with power. He wants to clothe you with power. What does that look like? Well, we'll look in the book of Acts here in just a moment. He says, he prophesies to them. And he, and he said it in, in John 14. He says it in different places. The power of the Holy Spirit. A real outpouring includes the power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. And I've said it before, you can't separate good biblical teaching from the power of the Holy Spirit. If you do, that's an unbiblical thing. 
Good biblical teaching and preaching has demonstration of power. That means something will happen. You get healed, you get free. All right, get in your notes. Here we go. God has power he wants to clothe us with and he read about it in the text. All right, let's look at the text as we look at this verse by verse. Jesus just appeared to his disciples. He shows them his hands and feet. He has some fish. He had some, I think it had to be salmon, right? No, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't salmon, but he has some fish, and, uh, which is interesting. Gave them, verse 42, a piece of broiled fish. One version says, and some honeycomb. Man, honeycomb will set you free. He opened their minds. Look at verse 45. He opened, their, he opened their understanding, one version says, that they might comprehend the scriptures. He opened their minds to see what the scriptures said about the Messiah. That is a great prayer because so oftentimes my mind has been closed off to revelation. And if you don't have, re you know what real revelation will do? Real revelation will change the way you think. And when it changes the way you think, real revelation causes a revolution in your life. And if you don't learn to change the way you think, then you're not going to have the demonstration of power that God wants to bring. And, and many times our minds are closed, closed off to the truth of God's word. And you see this on the road to Emmaus. It's an interesting thing also. Look, look a little further back in that same chapter, Luke 24, verse 15. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus came up and walked along with them, but he kept them from recognizing him. There is something about the Lord where he hides truth, but reveals truth also. He's not obligated to show you anything. I mean, I'm really glad you're here. It's a full house tonight, once again on a Wednesday night. Isn't that beautiful? They said, to Pastor, you can't have Wednesday night churches in Alaska. Any people don't come Wednesday night. Nobody will come. Go ahead and say hi to nobody. Hey. You can't have Sunday nights either, apparently. Full. God wants to open our minds and do something in our lives that when your neighbors see her, they like, something happened to him. He was a jerk, and look at him now. His wife hated him, and look at him now. I'm just using hypothetical situations, but that God would touch you so deep, so, deep, so, so large. Listen, you have to have the power of God in Indonesia. I'm reminded, uh, I'm reminded of a story, and uh, Pastor Vince knows it. I think I've told it here before. I was in Kauai, and uh, y'all can enjoy this as an isolated whole, but it does demonstrate about power, and wherever it fits in for your trip to Indonesia, it does somehow, which I don't understand. So take it as a, a prophetic story. I was asked by Robert Orsatelli. He might even be online. He's still part of our church. You remember Brother Robert? And uh, uh, we used to call him many, Not Many Days Hence, which is the King James Version. Not Many Days Hence. He was just a Holy Ghost brother. Loved the Spirit of God. And so he, he said, Pastor, I, would you come and pray for my auntie? She's got demons. I said, well, sure, let's go. He said, yeah, yeah, but wait. They're the real ones, so. <laughs> I knew what he meant. You know, sometimes people have demons. Somebody said there's not nearly the kind of demonic activity in churches now that there used to be. That's because you have smartphones that distract you from everything that's going on. 
So he said, no, 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 they're, they're real demons because um, the uh, Baptist pastor came. It's just a God, this is the truth. The Baptist pastor came and she put him in the hospital. I thought, maybe we should pray before we go, you know? And, and, and then he put, put some, hurt some other pastor that went to get her set free, pray for her. And, and he got damaged. She beat him up. He said, so you want to go over there now? I said, no, 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 let's, this is the truth. Let's pray three days. I'm going to fast a little bit, then we'll go. So we did that. I did some partial fasting. We prayed three days and we showed up. I will never forget showing up on that doorstep. You know, usually, you know, how many of you ever knocked on doors? We're doing house to house visitation through the whole, we're going to visit the whole state of Alaska that is a part of the vision. What we're doing is started in September and we're going to be ramping that up. You'll hear more about it on Sunday. It's everybody deserves a home visit, says Dr. Yonggi Cho. Every single person deserves a home visit, but not a lukewarm, half-hearted, no power kind of visit. They really deserve a touch from God, which can come for the simple handshake. A simple handshake and a look through your eyes and a loving smile. God can touch people. So don't, don't underestimate that. So we prayed. I got full of the Holy Ghost. I go knock on the door expecting like, oh, hello. And then I would be, hi, my name's Pastor Daniel. Nice to meet you. I'm from the church. And of course, you know, Robert, would, would you like prayer? I'd expected something like that. But that's not what happened. I knocked on the door. The door opened up and this lady had a mouth full of boiled peanuts, okay? I still don't eat them. <laughs> I rev boiled, boiled peanut, I talk about boiled peanuts, something happens. I love peanuts, boiled peanuts are, I just, I don't ever wanna see them again. <laughs> she had both cheeks filled with boiled peanuts like a chipmunk. I mean, like, as, as many boiled peanuts as you could get in your mouth is how many she had. Plus, I think there was an extra supernatural demonic infilling of boiled peanuts right there. And as she's, I, she opens a door and she starts screaming curses and the shells are spraying us. I'm like, we didn't, it wasn't even like, hi, my name's Pastor or anything. There was no introduction, okay? There was no introduction. The power of the Holy Ghost came upon me and, and, and Robert and I said, in the name of Jesus. And we took a step forward and she backed up spitting, spitting these things everywhere. Oh, oh. I was like, Rakaba, we've come to set you free. Get out of my house. We're not leaving. You've got to leave. You know what I mean? Like fully, like, like, you know, like in a movie. I thought her head was going to start turning around and stuff. <laughs> she reaches, this is the truth. In my prayer time, I felt like the Lord said, don't you fear and don't you shrink back. You drive that thing out. I said, yes, sir. So I wasn't going to shrink back. Fear will be sprayed on you like a skunk. Ignore it. Just ignore it. It's fake. Everybody say it's fake. Feelings are overrated. Just ignore your fear. If you're in the will of God, just ignore it. So I feel all that, but I ignore it. And she reaches and grabs a tiki. Now, some of you know what that is. It's, it's a demon idol made out of some kind of stone. It was about this big. She grabs it off of the shelf and she runs at me to smash my face. And I thought, I ain't moving. She gets the thing. I'm like, I ain't moving. I'm going to face this thing down. And here comes, I was going to get the imprinted tiki all over my face. She comes and she, and I'm not going to move. 
So she's coming. When she's here, with the, I see this thing coming with velocity right here. When it's right here, Robert's hand comes from behind and he grabs her by the wrist and stops. I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> he, he pulled it out of her hand. She's screaming curses. And we said to her, do you want to be free or not? And she said, no. And we said, fine. We packed our stuff. We walked out. She was in a horrible car crash three weeks later, ended up in the hospital. And uh, I don't know, maybe Pastor Vince, maybe you went to go visit her. I forget exactly what happened. I was still picking peanuts out of my eyes. Power. Everybody say you've got power. There's power encounters that God wants to release. You've got to be clothed with power. All right, let's, let's go further into this a little bit. Because there's a, there's a church that's rising with zeal and passion and power. That's you. And it's not just here. There's others too. Thank God. I'm going to reach this state. It's going to take the whole body of Christ to do it. In verse 47, look what he says. He says, and repentance and remission or forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. How many? All nations, beginning at Jerusalem. He gives them a vision. Look, what he's saying is, he's saying, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to spread this glorious news of my resurrection and my power. But it's going to take some power to do it. That's what he's telling them. He's telling them, you can't just teach. You've got to have the shakinah, which is a southern way of saying shekinah. you got to have the fire. you got to have the power. If you don't have power, stay home until you get it. Don't just stay home. Go get it. And, and, and listen, you're home right now, perhaps. Going to get some tonight. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to get some tonight. Gives vision. He gives a vision. And we have a vision here for reaching the lost. It's what we're all about. And you know, you might not realize that your gifts of love and your action, inspired by the Holy Spirit, will bring great breakthrough for people. Amen. God is truly raising up a generation to do it. Look at verse 49. Let's see, really, the key of the passage. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry, which means to wait, in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Clothed with power from on high, another version says. Clothed with power. What is it to be clothed? Well, you all have clothes on. You know what religion is? That's like the emperor's clothes. Anybody ever read that child's book story, The Emperor's Clothes? Raise your hand if you ever, the emperor's close. So I, I forget exactly how it goes. It's been many, many decades since I even thought about it. But they, they, they made the emperor some new clothes and everybody was in cahoots lying because they didn't actually wear any. So the emperor walked around stark naked. And they're like, oh, this wonderful clothes. Oh. And he was totally naked. And I, I forget the whole motivation, but that's religion. You think you actually have something on, but you're naked. It's a fig leaf. Adam got a fig leaf to, to cover his shame because his eyes had been opened and only God can cover your shame. 
Only God can cover your nakedness. Only God can cover your sin. And when we try to go forward without being clothed with power, you have big problems. And it's not nearly as effective. I'm going to send you what my father promised. Again, John 14. In Luke, he says earlier on, he says, if you, you ask for bread, will your father give you a scorpion? How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And you know that some scholars believe that the book of Luke and the book of Acts actually are together, that they shouldn't be separated. You know that the book of Luke is written by Luke, the physician. He was with Jesus. But the book of Acts is also written by Luke, of course, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And many scholars believe that they should be together. You can see, in fact, if you go to read Luke 1, and we're going to look at the book of Luke here in just a moment, he, he's, he, it's like he continues. It's like the story continues. So that, that's very possible. Stay in the city until you've been clothed with power. There's got to be a demonstration of the unexplainable in your life. And, and we're, not, we're not Gnostics. So many people try to, try to win people with their mind. It, there's demon power that blinds their minds. Listen, add this to your prayer life. Take authority over demon power. The God of this age has blinded, blinded people so they don't see the glorious gospel. I'm going to go there for a second. It's off the notes, but so complete was the signing over the title deed of the of the earth to to Satan in the book of Genesis of the Garden of Eden. So complete was that that Jesus called Satan the god of this age. And in fact, when Satan goes into the wilderness, you remember what happens. You remember Satan says, "You know, I'll give you all of these things if you bow to me." Just bow to me. Just, just worship me. If you be the son of God, he questions his identity. Same thing, same thing the devil do to you. Oh, if you're a real Christian. Oh, shut up. He questions his identity and then he tempts him on all these places that you are tempted, that, that, that I would be tempted and Jesus answered every attack by the word. But it's fascinating to understand because when I first read it, it made no sense to me. How is it that the devil could say, I'm gonna give you the kingdoms? I thought the, I thought the earth was the Lord's and the fullness thereof, says the Psalms. There is something about uh, understanding your jurisdiction and, and until you're grafted into Christ, until you're translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. You do not have the power and the authority. When you're outside of his kingdom, see, Jesus came, he's, he's the king of the kingdom. He dies on a cross and he rises, rises from the grave and he saves you and he moves you, literally translates you out of the place that you're at, pulls out the heart of stone. He seats you in heavenly places. So many people don't understand why you have to have a prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, you won't see a release of God's power. And if you're, if you're disjointed in your relationship with the Lord because you have some secret sin, your prayers are going to be hindered. Even, listen, if I don't treat Pastor Karen right, the Bible says that my prayers are going to be hindered. Now, I treat her right because I love her, but that also motivates me. And all the husband said, Amen. 
You can hinder your prayers. Some people think, well, it's not all that important to pray. Are you, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? If you don't pray, you're not going to actually take the land. You won't take the land. You won't fulfill purpose. Oh, what, what about the times that God just did stuff? Well, that's his sovereignty and maybe somebody else praying for you. Praise God for that. Come on, somebody say glory to God. Thank God for grandmothers. Come on, all the grandmothers said hallelujah. Godly grandmothers. The devil fears grandmothers that are filled with the spirit that pray the word. And grandfathers. Come on, all the granddads. The devil fears anybody that understands her identity and takes authority and is closed with power. If you're half-stepping in the kingdom, then you don't have, or you don't have or the kind of power that God wants you to have. He's, he'll bring a bald-headed preacher like myself to preach to you so you can shake that off and get clothed rightly. Turn to the book of Acts, chapter 1. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart Jerusalem. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, we just read it. We just read it in Luke 24. It's really talking about the same thing. Wait for the promise of the Father. John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Don't take your life experience and dumb down the word to say, well, I don't know if that exists now because I don't have much of that in my life. I'm going to tell you the word's not wrong. God's not wrong. God doesn't change. You change. We change. He's immutable. You, you and I, we change. Hopefully for the better. Don't define scripture by your experience. If your experience doesn't line up with scripture, the word of God is not wrong. You are. Bump your neighbor and say, is he talking to you? I'm not sure what's going on tonight. <laughs> I got the joy, 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 joy. You'll receive power. I got the power. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, you'll receive power. It is what you need. You say, well, do you have that? I do, yes. And I realize there's more. The power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, as it says in Ephesians, is an arabon. It's, 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 it's a deposit. It's a signet ring, if you will. It's, it's saying that this one belongs to me. It's earnest money towards the vet that you want to buy. But you didn't buy it yet, but you're putting money down. So it's really yours. The fullness of the vet. It's a car. Camaro. Fill in the blank. Your brand new sewing machine. I mean, I, I don't know. You don't get that until it's fully paid off. You know when that is? When the fullness of the kingdom comes? When you, when, when you die, when he comes? I mean, there's a number of different ways it can come. But we've been given an arabon or a deposit, a seal. We've been sealed. The seal of the king's ring on you. That's the Holy Spirit. How many of you know you could be, some seals are bigger than others? I'm not talking about you know, little baby seals. I'm talking about the mark of the Holy Spirit. There is no... (laughs) 
Let's have a praise break while I get my thoughts together. Hey. There are no toxic levels in God. You can go deeper. You can walk closer. You can move in greater power than you ever had before. And I'm contending for that. Is there anybody else? The text is fulfilled in the book of Acts. Five different instances. Acts 2. Luke 24 and Acts 1, it's fulfilled throughout the book of Acts. Let me read this to you. On the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So that's so hard to get a group of people to do. I mean, it's just really challenging to get a group of people to do. There has been moments where we've had that in some measure. And when that happens, there's a display of God's power. If you can get a group of people really to lift their voices and, and with all their heart, Forget about their struggles. Stop looking at their Snapchat or their Instagram or worried about, you know, the, the migrants coming across the border and who's going to be the next president and what am I, how am I going to pay for my, oh my gosh, what's going to happen with that job? Thinking about the offense that your husband did or your wife did or does she like me or does he like me or uh, do I look okay or am I fat? You're fat. No, okay. I mean, you start worrying about all... <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody. I'm talking about myself. You start thinking about all that stuff while we're, you know, I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. I worship. That was a good workout today. Worship you. Oh, you're not really worshiping. You're just like saying stuff. And so the, the, there's so often times in this church, oh yeah, yes. I mean, can you imagine being the worship leader here? We have a couple, but you're our main worship director over here. Uh, can you, I know what it's like. Sunday morning, nine o'clock, you're like, bam, bring everything you got. Try to lead people and people are like, ugh. <laughs> ugh. Ugh, that coffee, I'm gonna go get another. Is the coffee thing still open? They're not really entering in. And God knows I'm guilty of that at times too. In Acts 2, this, this fulfillment of, of Luke 24 takes place. But notice that there's this one accord. If we could get a group of people to agree. Oh, you see it, you see it in, the, in the Tower of Babel. He comes down and he confuses their language. And he says, if man being of one accord, they can do this and they can do anything. Let's scramble them. It's interesting. And the unifying outpouring of the Spirit of God, giving them one language, a spirit language to unify them, takes place in Acts 2. Acts 2, 1 through 4 is fulfillment. Acts 8, turn there. Hurry up. Acts 8. Now when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Interesting. Apparently the receiving of the Holy Spirit is something different. To all my cessationist friends, something different than receiving the word of God. And you can go and study this out, but they, for as the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon any one of them, he's talking about the manifestation of power that comes upon believers. It's not taught too often because it just is semi-offensive. But I'm just going to tell you, I think God's offended. 
I think God's offended that he wants to pour in through us, but we're afraid of hurting people's feelings. I want you to know I'm not afraid of hurting your feelings for the glory of God. I, I'm going to love on you. I'm going to help you, but I'm going to say it. And, and, and he hurts my feelings on a regular basis. And I'm glad that he does because sometimes you have some things that need to be stabbed and killed in you. Those whom the Lord loves, he chastises. He, how many of you have been corrected today? If you haven't been corrected by the Lord recently, you ought to maybe take a look at see if you're still his son and daughter because that's what he does. He lovingly corrects you. That, don't do that. Oh, don't do that. I was minding my own business at the conference and I saw this uh, uh, minister of the gospels there. I haven't seen him in a long time. And there was just some different challenges that happened and uh, many years ago. And when I saw them, I realized my heart wasn't 100% right. And I, I, I said something like, what are you doing here? <laughs> How many of you know that's not very nice? I repented, don't worry, it's under the blood. And I realized, geez, that wasn't nice, Lord. And I, I, I called and I said, you know, I'm sorry. He said, no, I didn't take it wrong. I thought, okay. And I had to search my own heart. I had to search my own heart. And the Lord's like, yeah, you need to lighten up right there. You got a little bit of a thing right there, son. I'm like, ah, oh, shoot. Okay, Lord, forgive me. Oh, don't look at me with that tone of voice. All of you, you all got issues. Every single one of you got issues. <gasps> I can't believe the pastor had an attitude. My God. Everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. Some of you have to lie down to put them on. I'm not sure where that came from. And if it doesn't, but if it doesn't tie into the message, let's move on. Acts 9. And if you're a dude that you're doing that, just come for prayer at the end of service. Okay. <laughs> You missed it. We're moving on. Acts 9. So the Holy Spirit, clothed with, clothed with power. Everybody say, God, I, I want your power. Come on, say, God, clothe me with power from on high. Yeah, that is the answer. It gives you power to witness, power to resist the devil. It gives you power to break off those mindsets. Acts 9. And Ananias went his way, entered the house, Laying hands upon us, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me to you that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. It's a fulfillment of this scripture in Luke 24. Go to Acts 10. In verse 44, Peter is still speaking the words the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. Wow. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So do you think there's just one, is there just one person speaking in tongues here and somebody, and somebody uh, interpreting? No. 
All of them were prayed in tongues and magnified God. There is a corporate praying in tongues. Then there's tongues that's with interpretation, which is basically prophecy. And what I've found is that many people are taught with regard to the gifts of the Spirit and especially tongues, is that it should always be interpreted, and if it's not interpreted, you're out of order. That is a complete misunderstanding of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now, there's very clearly moments in services where there's a definitive tongue that comes. I've done that at times, and we'll do it at times, and there's others. And then that needs to be interpreted. But there's another tongue. It's a prayer language that we can all pray and magnify God in our own prayer language together, and it does not need to be interpreted, and it's not out of order. You guys are still stuck back on the jeans thing. Acts 19. Go there. Come on, someone say, clothe me with power, God. I think I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm learning. Amen, praise God. I'm so glad we're learning. I'm, I'm learning. Uh, uh, it's taken me a little while. I'm a late bloomer, but, but I, maybe if I can share some of this with you, then you can bloom along with me in a new way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, learning to, I'm learning to hear his voice more accurately. I'm, I'm, learning, to, I'm learning to enter into visions and uh, dreams. I, I pray for those and God gives me, God, God gives me dreams. And... And it seems like he gives them to me every time I ask. But it's interesting, many times I'll go to sleep without asking. And well, why would you go to sleep? See, some of you don't give him your sleep. Try that. I mean, you spend a good portion of time in bed. A good portion of your life is spent in your bed. I think investing in a good mattress is worth it. Try giving him your sleep. You go to sleep, say, God, I give you my rest. Would you speak to me? Would you, touch, would you help me? Would you touch me? Would you heal me? God, I give you my rest. And God will begin to release dreams. And so when I ask for dreams, I get them. Then I've learned over time when I'm waking up that I will wake up and if I could just stop waking up. What do you mean by that? I don't know how to describe that. I'm aware that I'm not fully sleeping and I'm able to hover in that place. And when I can stay there, God speaks to me and says, do this, do this, do this, do this, talk to this person, call this person. And it's by no means complete. Come on, we all prophesy in part. I'm sure God's trying to tell me things that maybe I can't hear all the time. But I've learned that if I'll just, you know, just not let sleep be an idol. And just when I begin to wake up, just pause for a moment. He begins to show me things. Do you know that it's out of those moments that have saved this church? Do you know that? Some of you don't know it. Literally, in those moments, God would speak to me in very intense times. And it has been intense to build this building. And God would speak to me and others, of course, not just me. It's a team. Come on, somebody say it's a team. I thank, I thank God I'm doing it with you. What, a, what an awesome thing. And you know what else I'm glad for? I'm glad it's taken us a little while. You know why? I got something into me I could never get any other way. I got faith in me. I've got, I've, come on, some of your shoulders have been broadened. Others have left, but more are coming. You're like, oh, I can't believe they're building that building. I can't be that. Okay, well, hey, we love you. God bless you. Peace, out. We're going to still obey God. And it's taken a little while and it's done something. You need a building. We've got to get you a building in Eagle River. 
God's going to do that. We're almost done. We'll move to that. Let's get that done. Amen. I heard a powerful testimony. I sent it to our media department from Jim Cimbala. Do you know who that is? You don't know who Jim Cimbala is? You ever heard of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir? Jim Cimbala is the one who started that with his wife uh, years ago. And they purchased a building for millions of dollars. And uh, everything was all set. And I think he was down in South America somewhere. And he got a phone call. And the bank said, yeah, actually, we, you're short $6 million. He said, oh. Now you think that it would be better for him to fly back to Brooklyn. The Lord said, you just keep doing what you're doing. And he began to pray. And the testimony is so powerful. Someone called randomly. Random phone call that he still never met the person today, not a part of the church. And called and said, you know, we're a part of this foundation. We see what you're doing. We want to give you $5 million. That'll work. The number is 907-357-2065. Talk to Minister Vicki. She'll set up the trans transaction and uh, you can get tax credit for your $5 million. Thank you so much for serving the Lord. Amen. By the way, that is true. That's the real number. And if you want to give $5 million, you can do that. And then somebody else randomly called and gave a million. Or, or it was the two people gave 500000 And instantly he had his $6 million to finish his project. Listen, I'm telling you, God knows how to do it. He knows how. Come on, somebody say, I'm clothed with power. Did I finish my story? Where are we at? Lift your hands and pray in tongues. Come on. Acts 19, go ahead, go there. Sometimes I tell stories that I don't finish. And then later on, when I'm waking up and in that dream zone, the Lord reminds me, you didn't finish that story. I'm like, oh, Lord. Anyway, and it happened while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul, y'all are Acts 19 verse one. If you're there, say, woohoo. All right. And it happened while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul passing through the upper regions came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? I've preached on this so many times, but it'd be like meeting, you know, somebody from the church of the firstborn of Zion and you met them, they go to, I don't even think there's a church like that in the valley, and I picked a non-existent church on purpose. But can you imagine meeting them, and you're like, oh, you guys are believers. Hey, what's up? Hey, have you received the Shackinaw? <laughs> have you received the Holy Spirit since you, no, I thought that was funny. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you first believed? The what? Can you imagine saying that? Listen, when you meet somebody from another church, don't ask him that, all right? Unless, of course, the Spirit of God leads you to do it. I'm mean, not want to offend anybody. It's a, little, it's a little odd, but it is biblical. And I don't think it was like, hey, I pray in tongues and stuff. And uh, do you? Do you? Because if you don't, you know what I'm saying? You can have what I have, you know? It's like some pride thing that you pray in tongues. I've known people that prayed in tongues and lived like the devil, so I don't have that really figured out either. You need to have the character of Christ and all that, but the baptism being clothed with power is important. And it actually is a biblical thing to ask somebody. Our, our dear friend, I'm going to pick on him. He might be online. He certainly will watch it later. Dr. Michael Gannon was talking to a friend of mine years ago as a pastor from Molokai. And uh, I had been dialoguing with the pastor from Molokai about the power. 
about being clothed with power and signs and wonders and miracles and talking about tongues and interpretation of tongues and all that. And it was a part of a Calvary Chapel church, which uh, they teach the word and they believe in the gifts, but it's not something that they want in, this, in the sanctuary. And they have that prerogative. You know, if you're a pastor, you lead how the Spirit of God leads you. We're not, a, we're not like that. We just roll with it. The Spirit of God, we, the gifts flow here. And, and they said, well, it, we want the church to be more open to new believers and don't want them to be freaked out kind of thing. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing. They, they, they want to try to have a balance in the word. And how many of you know it's important to have balance? The challenge with that sometimes is that if you have the gifts in the back room, sometimes the room doesn't exist anymore, and then you don't have the gifts. That, that can be a problem. Calvary Chapel was founded on the baptism of fire. Some of you don't know that. The Jesus movement, Lonnie Frisbee, signs and wonders and miracles. Didn't end so well for Lonnie. And that's for those of you who know about that California Jesus movement. And so the Cal Calvary Chapel believes in the gifts, but that's not something that's really in their service. But they, they, they want it to be manifested in home groups and in behind closed doors, that kind of thing. How did I get on that? What was I talking about? Oh, Gannon, thanks. You're awesome. Thanks. Uh, so, so this brother is from Calvary Chapel. Can I have some keys, please? Help me out. Thank you. And so I was telling Dr. Gannon... Uh, about my friend, and uh, my friend said, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm filled with spirit, I pray in tongues. I thought, oh, awesome. So I was telling Dr. Gannon, and Dr. Gannon met him on another island uh, like a month later, and they became friends, and in the course of their friendship, Dr. Gannon says to him, hey, uh, Pastor Bracken told me you're, you're baptized in the spirit and you're praying in tongues. He's like, yeah. He says, is that, is that a Calvary thing? He says, you yeah, know, we believe in that. It's just not in the service, just like I explained. He said, so you pray in tongues? He says, yeah. He says, let me hear him. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, let me hear. <laughs> hey. He's like, why? I don't want to do that. He said, no, God, I just want to hear if they're real. Dr. Cannon, he's a unique character, that guy. I don't know the end of that story. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So I will ask you that. You're here. I'm preaching to you, talking about power. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you first believed? And don't try to dismiss it. Don't take your powerlessness as, as some theological statement that it's not for you. I've, I told you the story also on Molokai. Picked up a hitchhiker. You don't want to do that these days. Picked him up. He's like, oh no, I'm already a Christian. I'm witnessing to him. I'm a part of this church over here. I'm like, oh, he says, we have vessels. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, vessels. I'm like, what do you mean vessels? He says, we have people that the Holy Spirit's filled in our church. And they prophesy and stuff. I'm like, um, that's for everybody, bro. No, it's not. No, you just go ahead and show me, Junior. No, not you, Daniel. I'm just saying, you show me where it's in there. You show me where it's only a few people. Oh, that's the Old Testament. Prophet, kings, and priests, not the New Testament. New Testament, every single person can receive the baptism, the clothing of power. And if in your life you do not have that, as we are closing this message here soon, I have a couple points. I see just four more points. One, two, three. Five. Five more points, I'm done. If you've not received that, 
I'm, I'm stirring you. I'm challenging you. need it. He said, I'm freaked out by that. Well, just relax and, and read the Word. I want everything in the Word that God has for me. Everything. You need, listen, we will not reach this community without the power of God. We won't reach the state. We won't turn our nation. The one more time that Jesus was asking the Father for, that the Father said one more time, the one more time is an outpouring of the power of God to turn the hearts of men to God, to turn sons and daughters and to bring them from afar, to, to heal marriages and to set the drug addict free. I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Spirit is bigger than heroin. Stronger than heroin, stronger than crack, stronger than methamphetamines, stronger than lust, stronger than greed. The power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. That's what America needs. That's what America, yes, character, yes. Right doctrine, absolutely. Right teaching, right preaching, right behavior, yes, yes, and yes. But you do not throw away the power. There's been such a, a, a black eye on Pentecostal churches. I was in a church recently, and we'll get to the final five points in a second. I was in a church recently, I, something has stirred within me. I was not like this when I was a younger pastor. I'm a little bit older now. And we, there was somebody that was, uh, well, I'm just gonna show you what they were doing, all right? I don't know how to do it. So they were going up and down the aisle during worship like this. And people are like, oh my God, what's happening? And did it up and down the aisle. When I walked back in the sanctuary and I was at some other church, wasn't, wasn't our church. I walked in, I thought, oh no, no, nope, nope. And when I said, oh, hey, stop. And the ushers, everybody's watching, but it's like freaked out. You know, people like, I said, oh, what are you doing? I'm worshiping. I said, oh, don't do that. She said, why? I said, it's weird. Well, that's how I worship. I said, do that at home. But when you act like that, it pulls all the, all the focus off of Jesus and puts it on you. Everybody's staring at you and me right now. Here, come on, let's go to the back. And No, really. I said, let's go. Come on, come on. And she said, I don't want to do that. I said, no, I know you don't. There's freedom here, but that's interrupting. Now, if everybody's running around screaming with their hands, I'm going to jump in with them. How do, you, how do you know that's not a new move of the Spirit right now? Because it's not. How do you know? Because I'm the pastor, I'm, I'm the guest speaker, and I'm telling you, I'm an authority over you. So don't do that anymore. Okay, pastor. I said, okay, great. The pastor called me and said, did you speak to so-and-so? In fact, I told him I spoke to him. He said, you know, when you spoke to that person, I can't thank you enough. Do you know that our church has been growing and people are not nearly as freaked out as they used to be? There's some other problem. I said, correct them. I, I was in Maui, I was in Maui, and there was somebody on the, in, the, in the church and went, deeper. Can you imagine I'm preaching right now and some random person says, deeper. You're like, come on, come on. Listen, I'm all for freedom, but I, 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 so it bothered me every time I, every time I heard it, some, I think I heard liar actually one time and I'm thinking, thinking no. Now, I'm, 
Maui is my home. I got saved there, got married there, got healed there, got delivered there, got baptized and clothed with fire there, got called into ministry there. All my kids are dedicated there. That's my church. So as that was happening, I'm thinking, no, we're all done with that. It just grated me. It was like something run up the, anybody know what I'm talking about? Just kind of grates against just grates. It's like a cheese grater on your spirit. That's how one of the reasons you know, that's how you know Paul being greatly annoyed turned around and said, shut up. Come out. He can't. She's affirming there in the book of Acts. Being greatly annoyed. You know, one of the ways you know it's not the spirit, it bothers the life out of you. It's just, it's just like, oh, that's, what is that? You know what I'm talking about? Can mind have the right words? Come on, lift your hands and, and lift your hands and say, deeper God. Go ahead. Deeper God. Come on, say it again. Woo, I think I can get touched by God right there, but that's not what that was. So I went back. It took me a little while to isolate the deeper sound. I had to go to the side and listen. Then I heard it again and isolated it. And then there was somebody who was nearby. I said, did you hear the deeper thing? They said, yeah. I said, where is that person? He goes, okay. We're going to pick on you. I said, hey, is that you going deeper? She's like, mm-hmm. I said, don't do it anymore. She goes, why not? I said, okay, okay, let, let me explain to you. And, and we were worshiping and everybody was worshiping. There was a flow. I, and, and, and I said, you see how there's like a unity and everything? I said, now watch this. Thank you, Jesus! I just screamed out. And everybody's like, I just, inter- I, w- I was, you know, I just to illustrate a point. I didn't do it too crazy. Just for that little, they've already been, they already been traumatized, that little group that was right there. I wasn't so loud that the other thousand people could hear. It was just the select 50 that were right there that want to sit somewhere else. Man, we are helping this church today. We don't have a lot of that, you know why? Because we will, we will correct you. We want freedom, but we don't want, we don't want anything else but that, real liberty and freedom. So I coached her and I trained her. And then I knew that when I left, there would, she would pipe up again. So I called, I pulled Pastor Daniel Rice aside and said, when I leave and I go back to Alaska, she'll be doing that again. So when that happens, I want you to go and find her and say, hey, hi, Pastor Daniel. Said, oh, you remember Pastor Daniel from Alaska? And he told you to stop that? And then I told him, this is what's gonna happen. So you know what happened? Exactly that, deeper, he's like, he's right there, hi. You remember Pastor Daniel, he told you don't do that. Oh, okay, I, that's right. And then when I was there, she's deep. She's learning, she's learning. How many of you are learning? <laughs> we want the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost, but it's not gonna be like a sloppy agape where somebody can just run up and do some craziness and do, run, run and make a mess, chaos. You know, reverence, Five things, here we go. Reverence is allowing the Holy Spirit to move and do what he wants to do. It doesn't mean being quiet. How does one become clothed with power? What an interesting message. Number one, obey. What do you mean obey? Well, live for God. Give your heart to Christ. We'll give you a moment to do that if you haven't done that yet. Obey. Obey God, obey his word. Draw near to him, obey, obey. Everybody say obey, obey, Obey. live for him. It'll be a serious blockage for you to be endued with power if if you hate your mother and father and you have no forgiveness for them. Your ex-husband, your ex-wife, you're filled with bitterness. 
it'll be very hard for you to be filled with power. He needs you to forget. You need to let that go. There are going to be blockages, theological blockages. I've known, I've known highly intelligent analytical people to be the hardest ones to get filled with the Spirit. And I think the reason is, is they just overthink things. They're like, now how is that going to happen? Is there going to be a wind? Where's the wind? I don't really feel the wind right now. Is it going to tingle or do we need to, uh, how, how does that work actually? Can you give me the scientific model, the, the one, two, three of how that, how does that work? And so in their intellect, they, they have a mental offense and they can't figure it out and they shut down the power of God and they don't open up their heart. Other people have just been so wounded that, that they can't trust to let down their guard to receive from the Lord. They're afraid that, you know, the, the deeper hand wavers slap them one time and they're offended. They're freaked out by the move of the Spirit of God. There was, a, there was a little bit of chaos up here in some of our altar. That's why I changed that. I don't want that. I don't want, I don't want people getting hurt or falling on someone. I don't want that. That's why I'm asking you, please. It's, it's a little tight here. But I, we're not going to stop praying for the people. And, you know, there's going to be people that fall like cord wood. And, you know, that, that, that happens. And praise God. Come on, somebody say, praise God. You say, what about the flesh? Oh, yes, you have it. I have it. We have it. And uh, I'm not worried about that because we believe here at Kings that God's big enough to sort all that out. You're not going to throw out the, the, the genuine display of power, signs, and wonders just because maybe somebody might be trying to get attention. And only wounded people try to get attention. But if you're, that's you, you find out that Jesus really loves you and you get your identity in Him and you're really truly chosen and selected and loved by him and you get your acceptance and your security and your identity from him you'll never look for it from another man from another woman ever again all of that falls far short you get all the accolades from man if you don't have that right it'll end up empty and you'll be like well i'm still i'm still lacking but when jesus fills you saves you heals you sets you free you won't have to make a scene to get a pat on the back or be the center of attention you because you're you're the apple of his eye have expectancy have expectancy i think there's six points have expectancy come on expect god to do something How'd you come to church today? Was it a ho-hum thing? You'd be like, ooh, man, wonder what's going to happen. It was good that last week. The other week, oh, it's good. I wonder what's going to happen. Oh, God. Yeah, that's good. Come to church like that. Expect it. Wake up in the morning like that. Open your Bible like that. Have prayer times like that. Expectancy is a seedbed of miracles. See, praise God. Everybody say, praise God. I got the joy, 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 joy. Come on, somebody say, I got the joy. I got the joy, 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 joy. I got the joy, J-O-Y. I got it. I got J-O-Y. I got it. I got it. J-O-Y. I got it. I got it. J-O-Y. I got it. I got it. J-O-Y. I got it. J-O-Y. What's the J? J-O-Y. Worship. Praise God. Praise God and worship. Have hands laid on you, D. Have hands laid on you. 
I don't want anybody touching me. Okay, you need healing. We have the counseling department. You just call. You call and set up some counseling. We'll get you healed. Amen. Have hands laid on you. Anybody? No, not anybody. Somebody that's filled, living the life. Some, sometimes you don't know where people's hands have been. Leaders and teams that I have praying for you here, we know, where we know how they live. We've taught them. We've trained them. Amen. Have hands laid on you. We're going to do this in just a moment. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you in tongues. What do you mean by that? It's like a sponge. And did anybody ever see those little itty bitty towels you got like, I don't know, at some carnival or whatever? It's like this big. It's like a little medallion. And you peel the plastic off and you get it wet and it becomes like a giant bath sheet. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever see those? You know, little itty bitty little tiny, super extra dry. It's like some people in the church. They're like that. not feeling the love down the center. I'm coming over here. You know what I'm talking about? You know those little towels? It's a giant bath sheet. It's a giant beach towel, but it comes to you in like a medallion form. And if you just put water on it. You've all seen these new mattresses they have now? It comes in a box like about this big. It's a, it's a California king and it comes in a box like this. And, you, and there's like warning labels on the side. You gotta open the windows because of the smell that comes. You gotta let it air out. And when you open it, you just better, you just better be careful. Power. Some of you are living your life in this little box, but he wants to. Pastor Bruno, well, he, he has this message about man spanks. I don't know, I guess that's a thing now. Listen, you need to be free. I'm not going to say any more about that. You, you need to. <laughs> you need to be free. Man, what? Just move on. You need to be free. You need, like, like a dry sponge, you'd be put in a vat. It's like that. Be open to being filled. And listen, you'll notice there's continual feelings. Well, it was what, back in 1977, 1964, I said, church, Notre Dame, baptism of the Holy Ghost of Catholics. I haven't prayed in tongues since. Yeah, you need to be refilling, homie. You leak. You need to be filled every day. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you with tongues. Go into all the world. Everybody say, go into all the world. All right, I'm done, mostly. Let's, let's apply. 901, let's just take a couple minutes and we'll be done. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, you want to make a recommitment to Him. You say, that's me, Pastor. Then do it. There's no way to make it to heaven but to have your sin forgiven. The only way your sin can be forgiven is to receive Jesus. Payment for your sin. If that's you, pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, <laughs> thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. 
forgive me of all my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. I pray, Holy Spirit, fill and touch these now. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.